0: Hi, folks, Peter here. Uh, Just a quick note about this, because this is a bonus episode and because turnaround was the highest priority for this one, you will notice if you've been listening to the podcast for a while that the audio quality for this episode is considerably rougher than usual. There will be a lot more ums, uhs, and various background noise uh, in this episode than you are used to hearing in one of our regular ones. However, we figured with the ongoing COVID-19 quarantines and the resulting, uh, sticking of people at home, basically, that getting this out sooner rather than later so that you could take advantage of the inv- advice therein to, uh, start your own online games was a little bit higher priority than making the audio quality as high as it could possibly be. That said, uh, you should be seeing a return to our usual level of audio quality next episode. And, uh... One other thing that turned out to be illustrative, I had my microphone pick up a little bit of audio leakage out of my headset during the episode, so you'll be able to hear a little bit of an echo on part of my track as I'm speaking because I had my headset turned up too high. We mentioned that there is uh, a possibility of there being a little bit of an echo in the episode if... uh, some sound escapes your headset, and you can hear a very mild case of what that can sound like if you listen closely. So, sorry about that, but hey, I guess I provided uh, a useful example without meaning to. Uh, And with that, let's get on with the episode. This is Saving the Game, a Christian podcast about tabletop role-playing games and collaborative storytelling. Recorded... Monday, March 23rd of 2020, it's Bonus Episode 20. In this episode, How to Game Online, a special bonus episode for the COVID-19 quarantine, covering hardware, software, group selection, online tabletops, and even asynchronous gaming via Discord or forums. Welcome to Saving
1: the Game. I'm Grant. I'm Peter. And I'm Jenny. And this is a weird one for us. We are doing a very special bonus episode that we're sort of sticking in, maybe even before the last episode we recorded, we hope. Yeah. Um, Basically, this is one we're getting out as soon as we can.
0: Um, We're recording this on Monday, hopefully,
1: since I'm editing, (laughs) we will have it up by Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, Monday, March 23rd, just to be clear. Um, We don't exactly need to tell the folks around us and the folks listening to us that Things are kind of bad out there right now. Yeah. Uh, COVID-19 has sort of uh, over the us world. All, <laughs> taken over the world, given us all a, a bit of a shock. And most everybody who listens to our podcast lives in places that are under quarantines of
0: some variety or other. Yeah. And Which is frankly, to say they're on Earth, because well, basically not, the whole world is locked down right now to one there. extent or another. We're getting there. Yeah.
1: And... You know, not to prognosticate too much, but it looks like the lockdowns are going to have to get worse in a lot of cases before they can get better. So that means a lot of us are not getting out to our regular gaming groups. Mm -hmm. And we've had a few people ask us, how do I game online? How do I game digitally? How do I make this happen? And so we figured, while we can't do a whole lot, for everybody directly with the podcast, we can at least um, help you maintain your quarantines. Please do that. Listen to the folks who know what they're talking about.
2: Please socially isolate.
0: Yes.
1: And we can make sure that that quarantine is bearable and keep you gaming with your friends and making sure that you do so successfully
0: and that you know what you need to make it happen. So... Because, as it turns out, we actually have significant experience in this area. Oh, yeah. I've been um, doing
1: online gaming since, like,
0: 2007? Yeah, and it is literally the only way that the three of us and some of our other friends are able to game together. Because, not to put too fine a point on it, but when I calculated how like long a road trip that did a circ- uh, circuit through our gaming group that includes Jenny would be... It was over four thousand miles of driving, so there's there's some significant you know geographic proximity issues with us, and we've had to use these online gaming tools for the life of our gaming group, and so we've gotten comfortable with at least a few specific ones, and therefore we can actually speak to this. We've we've Absolutely. got we've got some good information here. Uh, that said. This episode will run as long as it takes. It might be 20 minutes. It might be 90. We'll see. Uh, If you hear editing artifacts, it's
1: because we're trying to just fire this one out there as fast as we can. This is a bonus episode. We figure the content is more important than my very pained attempts to make everything sound right or Peter's efforts to, you know, figure out how Reaper works. It's cool. You'll, You'll forgive us a sniffle here or a cough that we didn't quite mute there. It's fine.
0: Yeah, it's um, I will be editing it for the most egregious stuff, but it's says this is definitely going to be a rougher recording than you are used to hearing. However, because we have decent quality microphones and stuff, we should still be plenty clear. It just won't be as polished as usual. Yeah, And don't think this is the only time we're talking about microphones in this episode. No, no, that's going to come up early and uh, probably more than once after this. Uh, yeah. All right. We did, however, want to make sure that we read some scripture. In this yeah. Yeah. And this, uh, is, this is mostly kind of in the general blessings vein of things, because stuff is rough out there right now, so... Uh, absolutely.
2: All right. Uh, so, Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.
0: And this is Isaiah 40, 30, and 31. This is from the ESV instead of the NIV, which is what we usually read from. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint.
1: And finally, we have Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So we're talking about gaming remotely, and we kind of wanted to break this into two sections. Obviously, a lot of people have questions about the technical piece of it, but... And that's going to that, be the bulk of the episode. It is. But we kind of wanted to first talk about the social aspect of this. Yeah. Because a lot of, you know, how do I get gaming is not like, uh, how do I figure out what Roll20 is and how it works? It's, who do I go to for this? And that that's a little awkward. So, let's talk about that first. And yeah. first off, finding a group. Odds are you're already in a gaming group, and if you guys are all moving online, this is the easiest option.
0: Yep. Uh, One other thing that um, bears mentioning here, most gaming groups that have been going for any significant amount of time have had at least one person move away. Um, It just happens, you know? It's The modern world is mobile, and, you know, so... You might, if you're moving online, have an opportunity to re-include somebody that you haven't been able to game with before. I see no reason why you shouldn't pounce at that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. will um, probably also, be as happy as you are. <laughs> yeah.
2: Let's also not pretend that this will not come with speed bumps, uh, because it certainly has with some of the in-person groups that we've tried to move online. It takes an adjustment period and and mm-hmm. it's okay. You're not a bad group if, like you all just decide you don't like gaming online together because it it doesn't work for every group. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, it might f- involve significant changes to the way your game looks and works and runs. If you all go into that, the transition will be smoother. But if you're not all on the same page from the get-go, it'll be a little bumpy,
1: yeah. you have to understand that the dynamic will change.
0: Yeah, you're also not a bad group if you try to move an existing game online and the group survives, but the game does not. Mm -hmm. Um, As we'll get into later in the episode, there are some real key differences between gaming in person and gaming over the internet. And yeah, yeah, sometimes something that worked great sitting around a table with, you know, physical everything ain't going to work so hot virtually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So give yourself some grace there, too. Yeah. So uh,
1: all of that having been said, if you are the sort of person who has not been able to uh, find an online group or move your group online or you're just between groups at the moment and you want to find somebody to play with these days, you know, go ahead and set one up digitally. Obviously, I'd say pull from your existing friends and trustworthy people, you know, Um, not to start things off with a plug immediately, but. The Saving the Game Discord server has a looking for group channel. Uh, You might also see this abbreviated as LFG. Uh, That apparently confuses folks. If you see LFG, that's usually looking for group.
0: Yep. And that you can also find similar channels in lots of other, you know, online communities of the gaming variety. Uh, I know um, there's a certain amount of that in Gamers with Jobs. I'm sure Fear the Boot still has you know some of those around.
1: Yeah, like it's not even going to be a channel. It'll just be like every community, whether it's a forum or Discord server or group of emailing friends or subreddit or whatever, will have some organized means of saying, I want to hook up with people and play. Yep. <laughs> okay. So find that means and yep. take advantage and of
0: it. <laughs> you know what? hit people up
1: in communities that aren't gaming related. Um, the uh, the Greenville, South Carolina subreddit every couple of months has somebody, be, has somebody post like, Hey, anybody looking for a D and D group? Cause I'm willing, I'm willing to run.
2: Yeah. I've, and, I'm seriously considering uh, making a post in my uh, Lolita fashion groups that I'm in, because every now and then I'll go to a meetup and D and D will, will come up as a subject because if there are three gamers in the room, it, it it probably will. Um, of course, yeah. And, and so these days, it is not nearly as hard to find, like, D&D players in non-D&D settings as it was even five years ago. Yeah, because I mean, it's, it's you just know, so look, present. Our hobby has gotten much
0: shirt. more socially acceptable, which is
2: great. Yeah, this is yeah. something we've was, been
0: actively working towards, so it's nice to yeah. see
1: it happening. I was talking with some friends uh, in my other gaming group uh, last night. We just had a, a Google Hangout just to kind of reconnect, right? Because we're all kind of pinned in. Yeah. And of course, gaming came up because it did. And um, I don't know if you all knew this. Uh, Vin Diesel. Yes. All of the the oh, Riddick, yeah. mo- you know, he, of course, he plays D a lot of the movies that he's been in have been based off like his games and his DD campaigns. Yeah, like the Last
2: Witch Hunter, I think, is one of them.
1: Uh, yes, but also, um, all of the Riddick stuff.
2: Oh, interesting.
1: Which, which I didn't at least that's what my friends were telling me. But the thing huh. is, he taught Judy Dench how to play D&D.
0: <gasps> that she I did plays hear. with her, I did she plays with this, her grandchildren.
1: That's fantastic. <laughs> that and she taught glorious. him how to crochet and he crochets on set. <laughs> so, listen, if Dame Judy Jett Dench is playing D&D with her grandkids, it's not like this is something that we all need to be ashamed of anymore. We are long since past that point, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's out there. People want to try it. People are curious. People mm-hmm. want something to do these days that they don't have to, you know, go meet people with. Great. Jump on it, okay? Yeah. Um. Now, playing with random people online – has a lot of safety considerations that you need to be careful with. Uh, be ready to police a group as necessary. And I understand the line between Internet randos and people organizing through a forum can be blurry. Yep. Be careful with it. All right. Mm-hmm. Just because you have interacted with somebody a few times on a forum does not mean that they are the sort of person you want to game with. Yeah. There may be a little more trustworthy than – Someone you literally do not know, out of like your local town's subreddit or something, but you know, be ready to police that. Set clear standards for behavior ahead of time.
2: Mm-hmm. This is a perfect time to bring out the safety measures and and safety techniques.
1: But I would yeah, say it's absolutely. not a perfect time. It is an at time when you absolutely must.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Like you know, I, I would mean, say it's not that, dis- that distinction is. I mean. <laughs> You really you really need to all the time, regardless of whether you're playing with people you've known for decades or whether you're playing with people you've just started playing with now. Yeah, of mm-hmm. course.
1: Um, the other piece of this I want to talk about is investment. It's easy to treat an online game like something that's not as important because the act of going is not as big a deal. Mm-hmm. You're like just – I mean – In some cases, you're literally just, like, getting into a Discord channel on your phone, setting your phone down, and lying on your couch and talking to people
0: for a couple hours. That's easy to bow out of. And not treating that seriously is an excellent way for an entire gaming group to disintegrate, and that almost happened to us. So Yeah, now, (laughs) to be clear,
1: your personal issues in life come first. Yes, they do. And a good group will understand that. Yep. But... Try and treat your online game like a regular tabletop game session in terms of investment. And that means not over-investing just as much as under-investing, okay? Absolutely. Uh, he says, guiltily raising his hand. <laughs> um, <laughs> si- I-, I will also say this. It's in some ways easier – to get investment in a digital game because you're already online and you're already interacting electronically and you can take advantage of that. Send relevant images, whether they're like amazing artwork that like totally fits into the game or D&D memes, whatever it is, send them to the group. Have little text-based role-playing sidebars going on. Have an entire channel that is dedicated to you know, pretending the PCs are sitting around the campfire and just chatting in character. OK, now these aren't specific to the times or digital role playing, but, you know, you're already doing it. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. Take advantage just of it. It's fun to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm, I'm reminded of? You guys have played Dragon Age, right? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whole series. So you, you know how you could always go back to camp and, you know, talk with NPCs like I'm kind of envisioning yep. that is just have like that sort of interaction just available.
0: And of course, now we, I'm picturing talking with the dog back in camp, so... <laughs> yeah, well, okay, look, there's that. But, you know, it's fine. It's Play a great so dog. Anyway, you know,
2: Someone make a Discord dog bot, please.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> yes, make the Mabari Warhound as a, a Discord bot. I'm begging right, we've you. Gotten, we have gotten off track. <laughs> Sorry. I apologize. No, 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 no. We need nah, 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 nah. we to allow ourselves to drift a little bit. It's a yeah, bonus episode. bonus so. time. I know, I know.
1: We will probably have more social stuff to say as we go through the rest of this, but we do need to move on to the technical stuff. And, you know, largely these are just regular groups, but there's
0: a couple of those social things we wanted to warn you about. Okay, so let me let me get into um, devices a little bit here because I've got some stuff to say here. So um, a desktop PC If you can make it work, especially one with multiple monitors, is the ideal thing to do internet gaming from behind. Sure. You do not need to invest in one if your group is moving online. If you have one already, use it. Yeah. I I can also say most modern televisions
1: double as monitors. They've got HDMI or DisplayPort hookups. It's not a problem, and you can easily just plug your laptop into your TV, use your TV as your great big battle map, and have, you know, the rest of the game stuff, your video chat or whatever, running on your laptop screen. Yeah, absolutely. Sack out on the couch.
0: Enjoy yourself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Take advantage of whatever cool smartphone TV linkages you might have if you have those things. But I also can assure you, especially for theater theater of the mind role-playing where you just need voice chat all you need
0: is a phone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, but let's, let's be clear about this. A PC is better than a laptop is better than a tablet is better than a phone. Um, you, the generally speaking, and the reason for that is the more screen real estate you have, especially if you are using a virtual tabletop, the easier it is going to be for you to engage. Now, once again, this is a preference not a need you do not need to go invest in a desktop pc with a large monitor or a mm. tv that you know can attach to your laptop if you don't have one or whatever else in order yeah. to do this you can make it work i would Absolutely. say
2: this may this may be like jumping ahead a little bit but hey bonus episode time i would say yeah. a decent metric to go by is the crunchier this the game system you're using the crunchier the hardware system you should be using. Yeah. That's that's pretty appropriate. If
0: you're playing primetime adventures, a cell phone is probably fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, we've in, um, the vampire game we were playing there, we've really just, you know, most of it was theater of the mind and we'd occasionally roll a few D 10s. Well, a phone literally was all that some of our players needed. Yeah. You know, it was fine. Yeah. Um, now, If you're the GM, you probably need more screens, okay? and that's because, just like when you're GMing, you've got, you know, what you're interacting with the players through, whether that's a map, voice chat, you know, or something like that, and your notes, and it's kind of nice to have your notes over on one screen and the video call or the virtual tabletop or whatever on another screen, or, you know, if you have all three, even better, but again, if you're just using one screen, it's fine. You can put stuff side by side or you can just alt tab a lot.
0: Yeah. Okay. Minimize Not what you problem. don't need at the at the precise second that you're on and, you know, make it work. But yeah, if you once again, if you've got multiple monitors for like a work from home setup or something like that, utilize them. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that has worked well for me in particular is if I'm running a combat um, in D&D 5e specifically here with, uh, multiple different types of creature in it. Um, I've actually gone and taken like the, the PDF books that I've purchased from various places or gotten as Kickstarter rewards and actually use the snipping tool to extract the stat blocks for everything I need for a particular encounter and paste them all into one document. It's yeah. not pretty, but you've got, then you can slap that up on your second monitor and you've got all of the stats you need for an entire combat sitting there Easy at hand. It's wonderful.
2: It's also not the worst thing if you are like me to have a physical notebook if you're the GM separate Mm -hmm. from the screen. This is a way that when like when I'm a when I'm being GM and I'm having to do any sort of like tracking of anything pen and paper. That's my go-to, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. You just because you are gaming online does not mean everything. Absolutely everything must be on the screen all of a sudden. Of yeah, course. that's
0: a that's a good consideration. I use a lot of my physical books um, during online game sessions too, just because, especially uh, if you're referencing things from multiple parts of a single book. I mean, bookmarks are like physical slips of paper are still faster usually than waiting for a PDF to render the pages between where you are and where yeah, you need to be. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're short on screen real estate,
1: getting your notes off the screen and onto, you know, a legal pad or whatever works great.
0: Yep. A so. second device can also be good if you're a GM. If you've got sure. like, um, like a small laptop or something, you can stick off to the side and just keep your notes in there. That's also yeah. handy. I've done Tablet,
1: that before, whatever.
0: too. And I mean, it's not like
1: people aren't using tablets or laptops as their GM notebook at the
0: table. Yeah, you know, this yeah. is not new. That's that's been going on for probably at least fifteen years. So, oh, yeah. absolutely.
1: Um, now, the other thing that you will find. Helps a ton and is perhaps the most considerate thing you can do for the rest of the table. Use headphones yep. and get yourself a decent microphone. It doesn't have to be expensive. To be clear, decent these days can mean like fifteen bucks. Yeah, fifteen to thirty dollar webcam and microphone. Okay, you, you're not recording unless you want to use this opportunity to start up your own Twitch channel or whatever, but. You know, you're not looking at recording quality.
0: OK, you and know what? Even you, then- you actually brought something up there. I would actually say in, in this day and age, and this may just be one of my own pet peeves surfacing, but resist the the urge to feel obligated to turn this into an actual play. Yes, like, yeah. yes you, of course. The, you do not have to do that if you're gaming online. You can if you really want to. And your whole group is on board and that can be fun. But do not feel like it is required that you record if you are gaming online. Get that through your head. (laughs) Yes, 100%. 100% true.
1: Anyway, the point is, just like when we are recording, though, what you want to try and do is isolate sound to Mm -hmm. avoid feedback. Basically, if the sound coming out of your computer is going straight into your headphones, then it's not going into the microphone To then cause a feedback loop where someone talks, it goes into the mic and then comes back out of your speakers, goes into the mic and you get that nasty feedback, whether it's echo or or screeching sound. Yeah. So what you want to do is use a headset, if at all possible. Now, this can be your cheap, you know, $2 earbuds or it can be a nice gaming headset or anything in between. We use, you know, studio monitors, which are just, you know, big, heavy headsets that sound really good. Actually
0: you do. I, um, I, do. I use yes. a $15 Amazon basics, um, on ear headset because I like it. And this is something else I should mention. I like to have one ear free mm-hmm. from the headset so I can hear the background in case my wife needs me for something while I'm gaming. Yeah. So and what, I
1: can't tell you how many episodes I've recorded with one ear hanging out of my headphones. Yeah. I mean, yes, same here.
0: I, I I basically every single one. Um, yeah. I, uh, I keep my right ear inside the headset and I take the left one and I move it so that it's resting on my forehead, like just in front of my ear. So I get a little bit of the sound through my skull. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I can Mm -hmm. still hear if somebody talks to me in my physical space. Yeah, And And I'll tell you. That's especially good for gaming because you're going to be at this for a minimum probably of two hours. Yeah. And it's very unlikely that there's absolutely nothing in your environment that you're going to need to hear in two hours unless you are single and have no pets.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will also (laughs) say, feel no guilt if you, like me, have some sort of audio processing issue where you must have over-the-ear, nice headphones. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. I cannot listen to things in stereo. It it physically hurts me to listen to things in stereo and one of my ears will start vibrating like I'll get a vibration sound in my ear. If you find yourself, if if that happens to you when you have like in-ear headphones, just spring for spring the extra like 20 bucks to get, you know, over the ear headphones. It's worth it.
1: And, you know, a lot of the over the ear ones now are also kind of open at the back which makes them a lot cooler than you might mm. think. Like yeah. Yeah, a lot of the gaming headsets have that where, you know, they have the, they're over the ear, but they're all kind of more open work. It's so mm. much cooler. It's really nice. Yeah. And stifled I don't mean the like, by
0: your own audio equipment is definitely a thing that can happen, especially yeah. in the summer. Mm. <clears throat> and that's coming up quickly and we may all still be stuck at home for it. So just keep mm-hmm. that in mind. <laughs> yeah. Now, microphones, uh, if you can afford a standalone microphone,
1: great, but you know, something that's integrated into your laptop or is a, on your headset
0: is just or part fine. of your webcam.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, that I was actually kind of treating that as standalone because it's away from the source of the sound. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, use what you got. It's fine. If you want to go up a little bit, cool. One thing I will warn you about, if you are using a headset, um, sometimes if you're, earphone, you know, the volume coming out of your headset is super loud and you've got your mic sensitivity turned up, you'll actually get feedback from your headphones into the microphone. So if you, that might be something that you might want to watch out for. Okay. Other than that, it's a very easy option. I would go a little more expensive with this if you can, because the dirt cheap $15 VoIP headphones that you can get sound awful.
0: Yeah, and if you actually, if you want a really good example of what the difference is, go back and listen to, like, one of our, well, episode one through probably about 30, Mm -hmm. and then listen to this, and listen to, like, how Grant and I sound, because I, in particular, was using an old thing. (laughs)
2: Listen to the first couple episodes that I was on and just compare my audio to Grant and Peter's. Yeah, because, that's a really good
1: one. Yeah, because I
2: was using seventeen.
1: Uh, I think is the episode you joined us on.
2: I'm no, I think it was one hundred three or one hundred six. Was it that early? Okay. Yeah, it was. I could be wrong. Fairly early. Um, but yeah, no, she's um, been with
0: us for a couple of years now. Oh man. yeah, I know. I just, yeah. I, I thought it was in the one tens. That's fine.
2: I was pretty sure it was in the one tens too. I don't know anymore. It's been a couple of years. There uh, it has, yeah. But yeah, no, I was using a headset mic and the. The, my voice sounds completely different. Like, it's not even a, an audio quality thing. Like, it's one thing to have, you know, a static filter over and be like, oh, yeah, it's a little staticky. It's another thing to sound like a different person.
1: Yeah, because microphones pick up different levels of frequencies and yeah. different ranges of frequencies, and they process the output a little differently. It makes a huge difference. It yes. was
0: episode 106. 106, okay. okay. Well, yep. There we go. I don't
1: know where I, thought I got 117 from. Oh, well, yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will also say even like a a $30 webcam with a microphone in it is better than a super cheap headset. Yeah. And And, I know that from experience.
0: And I will say, unless you are very wealthy, that the $70 Audio-Technica microphones that Jenny and I use are the point at which you really hit diminishing returns. Yeah, Yeah, you
1: do not need something at that level because you also have to have like the hard, the stand and all that other stuff Yeah, it. you don't need that for gaming. Trust yeah. me. Okay. Like if, if you're, you're going to start more a podcast. Than 30, yeah. If yeah. you're spending more than 30, you need to be doing so because with the explicit intention of getting a good microphone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and that's 30 US. Just so we're clear. Um, Webcam. This is going to depend on your group, your internet, a few other things. I would recommend one if you can use it. We'll talk about why we don't in a little bit, but I like having a webcam because I like interacting with the people I'm
0: role-playing with, not the tokens moving around on the map, if at all possible. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I will say this for webcams, though. Either everybody uses them or nobody uses them. Yes. Yeah.
1: I mean, well...
0: Yeah, i no, okay. you know what? So I'm gonna disagree. You, I'm you gonna know what? disagree. Okay, because So this is this people- is a place where we don't always agree on this, but I think if you're going to have if you're gonna be the one person who's sitting there without being able to send your visual cues and stuff you're going to probably get trampled in the conversation more than a lot of other people and switching off the audio and making people go entirely or the visual and making people go entirely on audio cues at least levels the playing field there. The that's thing true. that's making me say this is back um, just th- other considerations like this can happen too. I remember back when we were doing our Shadowrun run game, when we first started the podcast and Chrissy often had audio issues, like the equipment that she was using, it was hard to hear her and stuff. Well, she was on her phone. Yeah, she got run over by me and our other player so many times because we just couldn't hear her. Well, if you can't see one of the people to get the visual cues from them, it's the same kind of an effect. So level the playing field as much as you possibly can and get the same level of signal from everybody. That said, if the GM is the only person who isn't doing visual that's probably okay, but if it's one of the players, everybody turn off your cameras, in my opinion.
1: I mean, I'm going to leave that up to each group, but you're right that having one one person not using the microphone or not using the webcam can leave them out of the conversation a little bit. You're right, that's yeah. something to warn people about, but I, I would not say that every group's going to treat it as all or nothing. However, webcams are good because getting those facial expressions is often really nice. Right. That's one of the big benefits of being at the table is you can read body language and, you know, you can see funny faces as people do stuff. And that's great. So if you can do that, I'd recommend it. Yeah. Now, network connections can make that difficult depending on how much uh, of a what kind of network connection people are working with. You might just have to turn the the camera off. The camera is the thing that chews up the most bandwidth.
0: Yeah. And this is what we run into playing with Jenny is unfortunately Mm -hmm. because of the Internet and the small town in Canada that she lives in. We can do audio or we can do video and we can't do both. So since you need to be able to hear each other to role play (laughs) audio only for podcasts and role playing with Jenny. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know,
1: having done a podcast for seven and a half years, we're kind of used to working off each other's audio cues, that helps a lot. But if you can do, you know, a a good network connection, that's great. Also, if at all possible, use a wired connection rather than depending on your wireless, unless you are like right next to your router. And even then there will be lag.
0: Yeah. Okay. This is one of the reasons, by the way, why I say that desktops and laptops are better than tablets and phones is because of that Ethernet jack. Yep, you like plug they, it right in. If, um, and the other thing, too, that's really great about wired connections is they're not disrupted by things like microwave ovens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Including the microwave oven that's the floor above or below you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, it is worth pointing out, this... D- Just the fact that you are gaming online means that there is another point of failure where if somebody's Internet goes out, they are no longer in the game. Yep. We had this, this happen happened
0: to us Saturday two days this ago. Weekend. <laughs> Yeah. I was uh, ready to blast a group of enemies with a, an area of effect spell. It was gonna be awesome. Yeah. And Peter Grant, and I were GMs strategizing and I, went yeah. out. And it was it was went out like, for uh, my entire
1: area. Charter had a uh, Charter Spectrum had a massive outage, uh, hopefully caused yeah. by their workers revolting. And um you know what? I didn't have internet and the GM had the, the GM literally disappeared from the game.
0: Yeah, the rest of it's us sat problem. around and chatted and hoped you would come back, and when you didn't, we eventually just kind of wrapped up and yeah. Yeah. went to bed. But And I mean, I got my phone out and used data to be like, you know, post in Discord,
1: uh, our internet is gone, I'm sorry. You know, that's the best I could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It does happen. Yeah. We did not hold it against you, it. but it does happen. Yeah. <laughs> the other part of this, and this gets back to part of the changing social contract of a digital game. Just like if somebody has to leave in the middle of a game session or something, understand how the rest of the group is going to continue if one of the players drops out. Yeah. Right? Um, Are you going to keep going? Are you going to say, oh, this was a super important uh, moment for this particular character and we should probably stop here? Or you go, oh, well, unless we are all here, we're not going to do it. I don't recommend that because that means nobody's ever going to game. But just... It needs to be clear as part of the social contract at the start of the game, how people are going to handle Internet drops. And that includes little short Internet drops as well as, you know, my Internet is gone for the night.
2: Mm -hmm. Like there was a point where my Internet every 12 and a quarter hours would go out for 30 seconds. Yep. It just happened.
0: I I went through several of those. Yes,
2: yes, many of those before it got fixed, and then it didn't. And then it happened again. And then it got fixed again. And it's just a big thing that's been happening off and on for about a year now. Um, Although the last time it happened was many months ago. So hopefully that's the end of that. But yes, we hope so. um, I would just say at the beginning of any internet related call, hey, around nine thirty five, my internet will cut out for thirty seconds. I will be back. Yep. Like, it's, yeah. it's not a permanent drop. If it is any more than 30 seconds, keep going.
0: Cause <laughs> One yeah. other thing. Um, yeah. If you are not using video and you are not in the same space, which by definition, if you're gaming online, you probably aren't. Build in some breaks if your sessions are longer than about two hours. My Sunday game breaks right in the middle for about 10 minutes so people can go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. refresh their snacks, whatever they need to do.
2: Yeah. and just, just like making
0: that an all- structured yeah that's people's it's, bladders will thank you <laughs> just
1: like you know pulling an all nighter with a new video game or something you need to get up stretch hit the bathroom get a snack refill your waters you got to do those things right yeah. and it's kind of easy to have that social moment of all right everybody's kind of uncomfortable we've hit a stopping point let's take a quick break but it's a little harder to work that in unless you're really conscious of it
2: mm-hmm.
1: when you're doing it virtually so just keep that in mind and make a point of doing that, especially if you're the GM. Now, we've been talking a lot about chatting and video chat and voice chat. How do we do that? Well, the answer is
0: you are drowning in options. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's an embarrassment um, of riches here. Yeah, yep. There's Look, Discord, uh, there's Hangouts, which we're using right now for this episode. Mm-hmm. Yep, there's Viber and Jammy and Skype and WhatsApp.
1: And like if you just Google Skype alternatives... and discord alternatives you'll get like 50 results it's fine there's so many options now not all of them are created equal and some of them are designed for slightly different use cases yeah do a little research on them try them out figure out a lot of them have premium versions versus free versions and not everything that's locked behind the premium feature account wall is needed for your
0: game but sometimes it might be remember that phrase it will be coming back in the next section too yes it will (laughs) uh some of them also are
1: not great about privacy like i don't recommend using wechat because it specifically takes all of your information and sends it to you know the government of china like it's not great for gaming especially if you're you know prone to having conversations among friends. just don't do it. it's not great for you okay yeah uh, you know Jammy is a version of Skype that's open source and is designed for security. WhatsApp is a application that's supposed to be all about secure calls right uh, I don't know what discord's privacy rules are they're pretty good but it's also designed for gaming. You know gaming like video gaming. You have to have a premium thing set up in order to do multi-person video calls. So if you really are intending on using video, Discord might not be a great option, although I love Discord otherwise. So pick out what features you need and plan that.
0: I will Um, say, just based on experience, if you want to do a multi-person video call and price is an issue, it's hard to go wrong with Hangouts. I know Google doesn't always have the best privacy policies and stuff, but... Their stuff does at least tend to work pretty well. and yeah, Until we've been they discontinue pretty, it. Yeah. They yeah. were going uh, dis- to
2: discontinue this thing in October, and here we I are. Know. Well, so, they, so
1: there's now a business version of Hangouts that's um, Google Hangouts Meet that they kind of have um, fast-tracked with the whole coronavirus and quarantine and work-from-home thing. So it may be seeing a second life. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, we use Hangouts, and it works great. Great. And the nice thing about it is it's kind of integrated into any Android device. So that gives people an easy thing that's probably already on their system. Yeah. You know, if they have some way to get it unless they are locked into the Apple ecosystem and don't want to use Hangouts for whatever reason.
0: Yeah. And I mean if you and your friends are locked into the Apple ecosystem, I, I I'm think sure FaceTime can do more than one person at a time, right? I or, think so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I don't I, know I don't anything either. about FaceTime. Um, (laughs) but yeah we use uh, hangouts for our episode recording
1: but also for
0: Apple um, experts tell us if FaceTime can do more than two people
1: (laughs) yeah exactly Uh, this is maybe a good moment to point out if you've got your own advice please put that in the comments on our website okay (laughs) yes normally we ask for people to like tweet stuff at us and Facebook I kind of want all this in one place so if you go to stgcast.org And you find this episode, put it in the comments
0: there. Let's all kind of have that in one place so that everybody can look that up. Okay? (laughs) Yeah. This is also a good time to mention that as we are recording this, I have put up a blog post that is a shorter version of this conversation. It's been up since about noon today. Yeah. Yeah. That's also
1: a good resource. I'm sure we'll link that and some of the material will end up in the show notes. There'll be some bleed. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, we use Discord for... Uh, obviously for saving the game as like a community, uh, because having a chat server has plenty of other uses. I also use one for my Sunday gaming group. We have a voice channel set up there. And that's one cool thing about discord is you can have multiple voice channels that people can just join. So if you've got like several games sharing a server among your friends, you can absolutely do that. And it's great. It's also nice to have a chat server that people are already in because then you can have those side conversations and out of character conversations and have all that going on. And yep. there are even bots that handle dice rolling that you can add to Discord and you know a bunch of other cool stuff. Just
0: experiment with it. Yeah, especially um, your group. I will say, like, whether you're meeting in person or online, like a free Discord server is a great thing for any gaming group to have. It helps with scheduling. It gives you a place to put like. Game-related discussion that comes up in the middle of the week. As you become better friends with people, it lets you stay in touch with each other more often. A Discord or a Slack or some other similar communications tool. Just a wonderful thing for a gaming group to have. Oh, yeah, it's great. Just period. All right. Now the big one. Virtual tabletops. (laughs) Yep. All right.
1: Some general notes on this first, okay? Yep. There are a bunch of these. Most of them are quite good, especially the big ones. Yeah. In many cases, just like with the VoIP solutions that we talked about, there are features that are limited by like, you know, free versus paid accounts. And in the case of Roll20, I know there are two levels of paid accounts, maybe even three. I think it's, I think it's two. Yeah. Um, The thing is, unless you want to have a game that is just visually amazing, or you're doing like custom designs of character sheets or you need to have just an absolutely enormous amount of files uploaded you probably don't need a premium account now if you want to support the product great yeah if you want any of those things great i ha- i would love to have dynamic lighting and line of sight calculation in our D game that'd be sweet because we're for once doing a module with lots of dungeon crawls, and it'd be super cool to be like, hey, we know exactly what you can see. Yeah. Right? If I could draw out, like, little line of sight blockers, it would have made our last encounter super cool with all the, like, the, mm-hmm. the rocks
0: that you were dodging around. Oh, yeah, that, that stuff, guy right? running around behind that, and, yeah, that would have yeah, been It neat. would have
1: been super cool, and I kind of regret not having that, but I also have not had it in the budget, especially now, to pay for something like that generally speaking though only the gm needs the premium account in order for the that game to use it so if you really need to and you've got like a a group that's kind of used to all chipping in anyway just saying hey you know what's the cost of a premium account let's you know prorate that among everybody
0: you can do that yeah if you really want those features now one other thing that i will mention um we ha- we specifically, our group, has some experience with Roll20. We've been yes. using that for a while uh, due to momentum more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to ask us in the Discord specific Roll20-related questions, at the very least, we can probably at least point you to the documentation that's yeah, necessary. exactly. Uh, However, and, there uh, are... Real quick, okay. real quick. The, thing of, the reason we know a lot about Roll20 and don't
1: know a lot about the others is that you, once you kind of pick a uh, one of these tools, you'll tend to stick with it because you know how its tool set works. So yeah. try
0: them all out and then
1: pick one and get good at it is yeah. my recommendation.
0: Yeah. there. That said, like. There are several. So, oh, yeah. Um, Roll20 is the one that we were the most familiar with. I've been kind of thinking about taking a look at Astral because yep. it's made by the same people as DriveThruRPG. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and they it's also, newer, so it it's going to have less, like, you know, creakiness and stuff that's inherited also, from
1: previous versions. I think they also did a really generous offer once all of the coronavirus quarantines started. They did. And, and that... Is another big plus, especially right now. Okay, well, I mean, Uh, Fantasy Grounds is another good one.
0: Yeah, Uh, but I mean, as far as that offer goes, are you surprised? I mean, they've done huge charity bundles and stuff for everything since Hurricane Katrina up to the Australian wildfires. I'm not surprised because I didn't know
1: it was owned by them and it's new information to me.
0: Ah, okay, yeah. So, um, sorry. Like Grant said, uh, Fantasy Grounds is another mm-hmm. one. That one is pretty much paid only, though. You have it to is. shell out ten bucks just kind of for the base um, license for Fantasy Grounds, and then you need to buy like individual systems and stuff as plugins to it. And yeah, yeah.
1: There are also, however, ones that don't run in the web. Um, okay. You can actually do a lot of this with Tabletop Simulator if you want to mm-hmm. get really crazy. Um, but there's another one called map tool that I used way back in the day before rule 20 existed. This was kind of what you had to work with. It's a standalone program. It's free. Um, and I think it's actually, uh, open source. I found, I found it's GitHub, uh, project actually. Uh, but the one tricky thing about it is each user has to connect uh to one player who's acting as the host so you have to have some minimal knowledge of like how to get your ip address how to open up a firewall port and do uh, port forwarding if you're the host all that sort of stuff you need to have that little bit of network knowledge so be aware of that yeah i don't believe that stuff
0: sounds intimidating if you're not techie it's really not that bad you can find a lot of
1: instructions on how to do it to be sure i also don't believe that the host has to be the gm So that does make it a little easier, right? You can have the one technical person do it, and then the GM can run the game. MapTool is, it's a little grognardy, to be perfectly honest, but (laughs) it is very powerful because all of the premium stuff in all of these tools that we've talked about, MapTool has if you go to the trouble of incorporating it. You can – but like if you want a fifth edition system, you can find a community-made package for it. But if you want Savage Worlds, you might have to write your own. Yeah. Like it's – you know, the user community is not absolutely enormous. There are more of these out there, but this is – Map Tool is the one I was using way back in the day. It does exist. It is an option. Okay, Uh, And like I said, Tabletop Simulator is another one that exists. Uh, and that, that has the advantage of, hey, you know, we didn't uh, we didn't have everybody show up who wants to play Dominion.
0: Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, and OK, so here's the other thing, too. Um, since we're t- starting to talk about different systems, in some cases you may not need a virtual tabletop at all. Yeah. If you're running like Fate or a Powered by the Apocalypse game or. Powered by the
1: Apocalypse is a really good example because mm-hmm.
0: it's what are you rolling? 2d6. You know what? I think we can all trust each other to roll 2d6 on the table and read them out. Or yep. if you really want to like see the rolls as they come through, there's like communal dice roller stuff yeah. that's online that you can you can use if you really like, you know, like watching, "Oh man, what did he roll?" and you, you know, yeah. you see everybody sees it and or, if or it's good Discord everybody bots. cheers or groans or yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. yeah, the Discord bots. You're like, you know, you just have a channel for dice rolls, you roll it, boom, done, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is one thing by the that we kind of need to talk about social wise. You're going to be, unless you're using a virtual tabletop or some other thing that publicizes dice rolls, if you want to use physical dice, you can absolutely do that. But there needs to be enough trust at the table that everybody's rolling their dice, looking down and says, oh, this is what I rolled. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you are playing with somebody who you don't trust to read the dice out to you, that suggests maybe some other issue in your gaming group. But be aware of that. Okay, That's just a thing to to take note of. Yeah. And again, if you're using a virtual tabletop or a dice roller or whatever, it's not a big deal.
0: The other thing, too, that you can do if, you know, once again, it's the issue isn't so much trust, but like wanting like the, the visceral thing is you can always just point your webcam down towards where your dice are rolling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, <laughs> so, you got one.
1: if you don't want to show your face, just point it down, roll there, boom, done. Right. Yeah. So you've got a
0: virtual tabletop. What do you what do you put on it? What do you show? Depends on the tabletop, but I mean, a lot of the time you're going to be putting things like character sheets and battle maps on there. Right. So character sheets, your tabletop thing should be able to handle one way or another. Yeah, um, most of the major systems are already integrated into some of the more mature solutions mm-hmm. like uh, Fantasy Runs and Roll20. Yep. Um, you, you'll have your World of Darkness, your, you know, more popular editions <laughs> of d <D&D>. and <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to laugh a little bit at the integration of World of Darkness. because Okay, yeah, we did run into that with Innocence, but it's, mm. and also your Vampire game, but I'm not yeah. in that. So I yeah. wasn't there for mm. that experience.
1: The quality does vary. People try, and there's always, there's usually something, unless you're playing something really obscure or really homebrew. Okay.
0: Or really new. Yeah, yeah, Uh, Like, I'll bet you the first couple of weeks that that new Alien RPG that's been getting all kinds of rave reviews was out, you could not find virtual character sheets for that in Roll20. Mm -hmm. No, I'm sure. Yeah. That was probably Um, fixed in a month, but release day? Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um uh go ahead, Jay. One thing I will say uh ab- about Roll20, uh my first experience with Roll20 was a Monster Hearts game. Um Roll20 actually made it significantly easier to play than I think it would have been in person because you wh- with Monster Hearts it's so narrative and so character based. <sighs> we had a character relation map. And mm-hmm. that was all that we really looked at the entire time. We didn't really need, we didn't need battle maps. We didn't need, I think we had a map of the town as well as like a handout within Roll20. But like, even then it it was just, we were mostly able to map things out ourselves on this collective character relationship map. Um, Okay,
0: so yeah, that that actually brings up a cool point. So um, you can use the space that would normally be reserved for a battle map for all kinds of neat visual stuff. For a while, when I first started um, running my Sunday game, because it was an archipelago, I found a picture of a really neat looking sailing ship from some Magic the Gathering art and stuck that up whenever we weren't on an encounter map, just so you had something that was evocative of the setting to look at while you were gaming.
1: Well, the Vampire game just had, like, a Google Street View map of where we were. And that was great. I just – I literally just took a screenshot, put it in there, and that was kind of enough because I was like, oh, yeah, this is where we are and roughly speaking what we're talking about. And that let people, like, draw around and be like, yeah, over here I'm doing X, you know, stuff like that. I mean, even in our d d game on Saturdays, the ability to very quickly switch between maps – is super nice. Like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, we're looking at the town map. Now we're looking at the area map, and now we're at this dungeon. I just, you know, quickly switch them around. It requires a little bit of setup ahead of time, but it's so much easier than. Oh, hold on, let me find the hand out. And oh, yeah, oh, ah, ah George, why did you wrinkle it? Okay, let's smooth it out. Let's, yeah,
0: move your chips. Let's let's get it laid out here so everyone can see. Like. Yeah, this is one thing that um, virtual tabletops can actually make easier. You know what the other one is? Miniatures. Using like a little token stamping thing, and I I will post a link to Token Stamp 2, which Grant and I both use, is so much less labor intensive than sitting there with your tiny little paintbrush and your pewter miniature. It may not be as satisfying, but boy howdy is it quicker. Okay, (laughs) let's talk about art and the use of art. Okay. So both
1: maps and I mean here battle maps and world maps and whatever and character art there is so much of that out there on the internet
0: mm-hmm. okay
1: because people love to make stuff and love to show off but a lot of them are also selling artwork okay yeah.
2: and a lot you of them have fall. just taken a major financial hit because conventions are closing and a lot Absolutely. of them are, rely on conventions so, yep. to survive
1: can, yeah it's very easy to find stuff that's close enough to what you want and if you're good you can make little modifications of various different qualities customize it a little bit okay but supporting artists is always good and we always recommend that if you can Mm -hmm. afford to do so so if you have a really good visual idea for your character please commission artwork for them if you can afford to do so or draw it yourself but you know help an artist out because that will help everyone else visualize your character And it gives you something to turn into a token that you can have on the virtual battle map. And you can digitally attach that uh, image file directly to your character sheet in your virtual tabletop.
0: It's very easy to do. Jenny did this in my Mm -hmm. motorcycle game. There are pictures Mm -hmm. of a Terry out there that she had commissioned. Exactly. There's also
2: pictures of, um, oh no, what's her name? My Kenku character.
1: I have forgotten. I am sorry.
2: Miko. Miko, yes. She only showed up for one session. I know, I'm sorry. I've used used her in other games since. She's having a great time in the multiverse out there. Okay, good. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but it's not just character art. There's a huge community of people who make battle maps. Well, okay, maybe not huge, but there's a sizable community of people who make battle (laughs) maps and world maps, and they take commissions, or they have Patreons where they are producing maps that you can just... Download if you support them through Patreon. Yep. Um, Please take advantage of that. Now, a lot of times they will post ones that are less customizable and maybe watermarked with their Patreon image on, you know, like the Battle Maps subreddit or something like that. And yeah, you can grab those. But if you need something custom, this is a good source. Yep. Now, it is also very possible for you to make your own. There's plenty of images out there that you can scrape off the internet, turn into a token with Token Stamp, uh, or there are other tools like it. But I like Token Stamp. We'll link it. Yeah, I do too. Um, It's just so easy
0: to use and so quick. Super
1: easy. Yep, and and it's customizable enough.
0: It's great. Yep. Um, Uh, Real quick, I use um, like a green border on Token Stamp for PCs, blue for neutral characters or um, NPC allies. And red for hostiles. Yeah. Makes referencing the map real easy.
1: I (laughs) try and do that as well, but I am not super consistent about it. It's whatever. But anyway, you can also – there are plenty of tools that also allow you to draw your own maps. And to be very clear about this, MS Paint will work. It's not pretty, but if you need to just quickly sketch out like, yeah, you know, it's like this far and this far and it kind of looks like this, Cool. Great. We all get the idea. OK. We've all been the person who's like whips out a piece of notebook paper, draws out a map super fast or a piece of graph paper is like eh, it's like over here and over here and over here. Yeah. Good enough. You all get the idea. Put your token. Put your uh, minis on the on the map. Right. Or the, yeah. the big whiteboarded, um, you know, erasable battle map or whatever. You can,
0: you can literally do something that looks like a football diagram.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, people, we have gamed with people. I believe Peter did this, and Ryan has done this in games that we are in, where they have physically drawn a map, taken a picture, and then used that picture in Mm -hmm. rule 20. Yep. Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. And that's fine. Okay? You don't have to be an artist to make this stuff work. Yeah. Now, now, if you want to get a little
0: fancier, Dungeon Painter Studio
1: is fun. Dungeon Painter Studio is fine. There are a few others. Um... Yeah, I, I've, I've never been perfectly satisfied with any of them, but that's because I am a curmudgeon. Okay, um, it, and <laughs> at least you're
0: self-aware enough to realize.
1: Dungeon Painter it. Studio. There are things about its design that I absolutely hate, but it's pretty flexible, and through Steam, it actually has access to a ton of art assets that you can just pay a little bit of money for and you ha- then have those or even just and get for free f- the
0: workshop is pretty there's, expensive for dungeon painter studios these days Yeah
1: yeah there's a bunch of of stuff out there through the workshop so there's a big community of of resources that you can add to it and just kind of paint with and make sections of and it works just fine okay there's a bunch of those out there but i want to stress that you don't have to have those you can you can buy beautiful maps you can make your own ms paint and everything in between
0: okay yep uh there's there's um, a couple of random dungeon generator tools out there that are also handy if you're doing something that involves dungeoning. yes uh, those are the,
1: super cool um
0: and the other th- I, my th- favorite other one thing- is linked in the blog post that i referenced earlier just go find it out of there oh yeah, so absolutely they're <clears throat> they are fun if you're like uh
1: yeah it's like this folks don't worry about it yeah <clears throat> yeah it's this here you go um okay we've talked a lot about visuals
0: last couple of things here game system <sighs> we've been kind of touching on this throughout like we have. Less, less crunchy is going to be less work more crunchy is going to be more work that mm-hmm. said, even the crunchiest system out there, like, you know, like Pathfinder First Edition or D&D 3.5 will still work. Um, it will. Yeah. You've just um, got a few more things to keep track of, but you would have that if you were sitting at a table anyways. Just give yourself prep time accordingly and off to the races you go. Yeah. And, you
1: know, the, the the nice thing about having everything digital is you are not the only person trying to create this stuff. Other yes. people have made... Art and maps and rules and character sheets and all that sort of stuff, you can take advantage of all of that. People have done the work for you. Okay. Um, one thing I will warn you about don't try and make all of your art consistent on your maps unless you're draw literally drawing all of it yourself. Okay. It will it's just not, not going to happen. happen. Don't worry about it. All right. Or if you're doing like what I did, which is buy a digital copy of a module where it has all been professionally produced by a single company that has specific art styles. And then all of that, you know, all of those maps are what I'm using. Okay. But that's yeah. literally all from a single source for a single module. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the very rare exception, not the rule.
2: Yeah. If, we're, if you're um, homebrewing anything, nothing's going to be exactly super duper consistent. And even, yeah. and even though you are using a module All of our character portraits are slightly different styles because we didn't take directly from the module for that.
1: Yeah, you all grabbed cool characters here and there off the Internet, you know, DeviantArt or whatever, and just
0: found them. Yeah, do not obsess over consistent art style for (sighs) this. For the love of all that is good and holy in the world, do not obsess over consistent art style.
1: Do you know what the biggest time savers has been for me? Hmm. Well, something I've learned to do with the module? Like not all of the uh, described monsters in the module have individual artwork. A lot of them just have like a generic, uh, you know, humanoid or beast uh, image that they use. Right. And and so it's like, oh, well, I'll just I'm not going to bother, you know, getting like a panther image for the panther token when whenever that comes up, I'll just use that. And freeing myself from the idea that I have to have unique art for every single uh, type of creature or, you know, or monster or whatever. It has saved me so much prep time. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> it's like, yeah, these are yeah. beasts. Look, they're giant rats. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah. Use I mean, your imagination. Gonna, yeah. You're going to be picturing most of the stuff up in your head anyways. So Yeah. It's cool.
1: Uh, anyway, game system. Again, yeah. if you – I will say this. I think if you're able to use webcams, having a system that doesn't require you to look down at your character sheet, character sheet or look at a virtual tabletop and instead lets you look at the camera is great. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because we're all kind of starving for human contact right now. Give yourself a system that can do
0: that. Yeah. But if crunch Actually is Actually seeing thing, people's faces is probably nice at this yeah. point.
1: But if crunch is your thing – having computers able to do a lot of the crunch for you kind of makes that more attractive in some ways. Yeah. yeah. And Go for it. Like if you want to if, use this as the excuse to play the crunchy game, you always kind of wanted to play, but would be a pain in the butt to do at the table. Yeah. Write yourself some macros, you know, get yourself your, your, your dice formula all figured out and go to town. Have yeah. fun with it.
0: I, this doing. is why I don't use um, webcams in my Sunday game, is because we're playing 5e, which ain't Pathfinder, but it's still pretty crunchy. And it's like, I got all my screen real estate taken up with GM notes, stat blocks in the map, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, ha- but have fun with it. And
1: pick a system that you're comfortable interacting with people you know you're going to have that extra layer of confusion especially as you start to get into online gaming You know that like you're going to fumble around with microphones and cameras and headsets and internet connections and like every once in a while somebody will vanish
0: from a perfectly stable call and you won't know why and they'll have to rejoin. And it'll
1: be like, how do I do X? Where is the button that does this? I'm I'm so frustrated. Map layers
0: will mess with your mind until you get used to them.
1: So if you want to start off with a low crunch system that you just don't have to worry about that stuff, do it. Okay. Yeah. None can blame you. <laughs> yeah. Last thing I want to talk about. We've been talking about synchronous gaming this whole time. Okay? And synchronous here means everybody is doing this all at the same time, right? You're having a conversation like a phone call. Yep.
0: <laughs>
1: or a podcast not, episode. That is not the only way that people game. Online. Asynchronous play has been around much longer than online synchronous play. Okay? Because back BBSs? in the day, that was all the technology could handle. Yeah. BBSs were a thing. Forum posts are a thing. And play by post is still a thing. Play okay. by post, the definition of that has expanded a little bit. Um, and perhaps it always has, where you know, there's chat based role playing and that sort of thing. But, you know, play by text, play by email, play by Discord or Slack or whatever, it's all the same stuff. Okay, you write your message out, you post it to whatever your medium is, and then someone else in their own time responds. This is better than nothing. I don't personally love it, but it can be really cool. And if you are not super anxious about what you post, the ability to like type out a, a post and have it all dump out in one block of text rather than be interrupted and you know tell Jerry to shut up over there cuz he keeps inter- keeps interrupting <laughs> me trying to get his role playing in no it's my turn you be quiet like that's great okay uh and if you are in wildly different time zones uh, or you know if somebody doesn't speak your language quite as well this works great you know because taking a, you know having a few extra minutes to like be able to look up a word how do I spell this? How what is, How do I translate this idea? You know, how does English grammar work? Oh, right. It's dumb. <laughs> it's like this. Like, that's really helpful. It really is. Okay. Or, you know, there is literally no limit to the time zones that people can play in. If you're doing play by post, it's pretty great. Now, if you are doing, A lot of this stuff, persistence can be a little bit tricky, and I would kind of recommend something that's more persistent than, say, Discord, if you're doing this, okay? Yeah. Um, Especially if you need to go back and look at stuff that happened a long time ago. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Discord has some search features, but it'll
1: take you a while uh, to dig up what you need. Uh, And the other thing is persistence is not just the content, but also, like, people actually sticking with the game. Yeah. people just not posting kills so many play-by-post games, okay? It just, it's part of it. But if you can all commit, it does work. It is also slow, and combat is much slower because combat in role-playing games naturally takes what is already kind of a slow process and slows it down and stretches time out enormously. Please do not try and do, like, real D&D combat through, like, play by post it's especially not against mobs of enemies yeah figure out some way to abstract it okay yeah um if you're doing like discord stuff that's nearly
0: real time you can kind of do it but it's still a pain um but one round per email is going to be tedious beyond words it will take you Mm -hmm. a year to do a combat yeah (laughs) the other piece
1: of it is that um if you have multiple conversations happening, some way to track those through threads is ideal. Uh, and that's why I like this in forums more than, again, like a Discord or Slack or something like
0: that. Well, Slack I mean, at least does threading, but. Uh, uh,
1: it does single, th- it does like one layer of threading. Whereas, you know, forums or even some email systems will have like conversational threads. Right. And if you can track the conversational threads, that makes things a whole lot easier. I remember how we were talking about having like sidebar role playing going on Uh with your with your regular game. This works great for that. And in fact, that's kind of what we're talking about here is doing sidebar conversations through the week as you wait for your weekly gaming group or whatever. So it works wonderfully for that. Uh, And, you know, if you want to make that the main thing. Cool. Do it. Um, And, you know. One thing I am going to say, if you're looking for a project that will teach you to program while you get your game on, set yourself up a MUD server and go to town. Okay, (laughs) Uh, you know, get yourself a, a, you know, Python MUD server stood up and uh, learn Python and then learn to do uh, world design and then get all of your group playing in a MUD Or whatever.
0: That that is certainly Uh, an option. This this is another rabbit hole, like, feeling like you have to start an actual play to avoid falling down unless you really want (laughs) to, though. I'm being a
1: bit facetious. This is, you know, uh, an old school type type of gaming that, you know, is just a glorified chat room, basically. But it's got some system tracking and it's all text based, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Uh, these are things that you can do. I think most people are interested in doing virtual tabletop real-time gaming, but asynchronous stuff is absolutely an option if you can't make it work otherwise. And don't shy away from it if you if people can commit to that but not do other stuff, do it. It's
0: better than nothing. Yep. Okay. And I think we're done. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, that's, anything else that we missed.
0: Uh, I oh, one, think one last thing. Oh, so,
1: okay. One last thing, I, one last thing. I do want to add. Just like with the real, you know, like your, your character at the table, you will get out of digital gaming what you put into it. Yep. If you put mm-hmm. lots and lots of effort into, you know, really learning how the tools work and finding good art and finding good maps or making good maps or whatever, you'll have a really good experience. Not all of those are necessary. And, and by good maps, I don't mean like visually beautiful. I mean like maps that get across what you want, okay? if you But learning the tools, getting comfortable with all of the tools that you're using, once you have learned those, you will get a lot out of digital gaming. It works great. If you don't put that effort in, and if you always feel like these are hostile applications... It will be a struggle for you, okay? So, please take time to learn how they work. Ask for help. You know, you are committing... When you say, yeah, I want to play in your online game, you are also committing to using the tools that the group uses. And it is on you to be gracious enough to learn those tools and not complain about them, okay?
2: It's a little bit like agreeing to join in a Pathfinder game, and then being like, but I only want to use D6s.
0: That's yeah. not a Pathfinder yeah. game. No. <laughs> yeah. D6s only are great for GURPS, but not like, for Pathfinder.
1: You know, I've I've never gotten the hang of character sheets. Uh, like it, it doesn't work. Okay. So, <laughs> use the tools that are appropriate to the game and the group. Contribute to the group in that way. Don't make it a frustration for everyone. That is just being a good member of the group, right? And you know, being a gracious Christian person at the digital table. I think that's all I have to say. Anybody else?
2: That's pretty much it.
1: Cool. Yeah. Uh Jenny the Goblin Queen, she's been talkative.
2: Oh, she has. It is <laughs> almost exactly uh midnight or not midnight. It's almost exactly nighttime supper for her. Ah, so that explains it. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, for all of us here at Saving the Game, um, we hope this has been helpful. Again. Normally we say, you know, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. You're welcome to do that as well. But if you have specific suggestions or have questions, let's try and centralize all those into comments on the blog post for this episode. You can find that at stgcast.org. If you listen to us through Podbean, we also have a page up on Podbean, but that's not our main website. So go to stgcast.org, put the yeah. put your questions and comments there. And we'll all have that centralized.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep, we can all benefit from
1: uh, each other's expertise that way. Absolutely. Having said that, our Discord community is a great place to ask questions and look for people who want to game with you or people who might invite you in. So, if you're while you're at stgcast.org, hit that Discord button, or you know, uh, find that little bit that shows who all is logged in and click that. Join our server. And make yourself known. Introduce yourself. We'll be happy to have you. It's a fantastic group of people, um, all of whom have been supporting each other through these difficult times, praying for each other. It's been really amazing to see the community pull together. It's been great. Yeah, it's rather inspiring, actually. Mm -hmm. And there are also a bunch of good people to ask about tricky questions about, you know, hey, uh, should I use Roll20 or Astral? yeah because <laughs> i don't know all right <laughs> so you know good people to to hit up for questions all right i good think luck we
0: can, yeah let's let's uh
2: let me feed pull the my plug cat on this one so i yes, can we're start let editing it
1: cat. <laughs> uh we're gonna let peter start editing this episode we're going to pray for all of you and we hope that you have a good one that you take it easy that you stay safe and that you enjoy your games
0: and we will see you next time. See you later, folks. See you later. later. This has been a production of Saving the Game.
1: All episodes are produced and published under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, share-alike license. Our logo is by Ruben Smith Zimple of 3d6design.com. Our music is The Promised Place Beyond the Clouds by James Opie. You can find more of his music at nihilor.com. To hear our past episodes, to find syndication and license details, to connect with our fantastic listener community, or to contact us or support our show through Patreon, visit our website at stgcast.org or savingthegamepodcast.org. God bless, do good, and happy gaming.